So what we have done to keep people on the cutting edge of societal evolution, which is what I do. See, if you listen to this show every day, you never need to read another newspaper again, never read another magazine. I do it for you, and you get a bonus. I tell you what to think about this incredibly complicated and controversial issues. I was seven or eight when I remember first hearing that booming voice. I was driving with my dad, Rush Limbaugh, blaring over the speakers. It must have been 2013 because Rush was bashing Obamacare. I couldn't understand the content, but I remember asking my dad why this voice was so angry. Now you would almost think with this story that CNN was going to commit a random act of journalism, but they don't. Instead, you have never known a, a world that did not have conservative media. When I was growing up, there was no conservative media. Even without conservative media, my dad, Rob Ryersey, was all in on Reagan-era politics. As a 15-year-old, he had a poster of Congressman Newt Gingrich on his bedroom wall. And in high school, my dad once skipped class to call into Rush's show. They ended up chatting about the 92 presidential primary. When Rush came on, it felt like if you were a conservative, you were hearing somebody say what you thought for the first time. It was revolutionary. The other thing that was so very different is that Rush was funny. It wasn't always appropriate, but it was funny. Media historian Dr. Brian Rosenwald told me something similar. He was enormously, enormously talented. He understood radio as a medium and radio entertainment. Rush began a show in 1988 and by 1992 already had amassed an audience of 12 million weekly listeners. 12 million in four years. That's insane. He's maybe the most unexpected political celebrity that you'll ever find. He's been fired as like a DJ five times, no college degree. Less than a decade later, he's sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom, which is about as dramatic and quick a transformation as you're ever going to see. Dr. Rosenwald's referring to a moment when the president of the United States, George H.W. Bush, invites Rush to spend the night in the Lincoln bedroom in the White House. The two tell the Washington Post that they didn't talk shop, but that's kind of hard to believe. It's 1992, Bush is behind Bill Clinton in the polls, and the biggest conservative voice in the game, Rush, is refusing to offer an endorsement. So Bush invites him to the White House to, like, kiss Rush's ass. And I just have to ask, how does this radio personality get to be so influential? Realistically, radio is a commercial business. It's, a, you know, about the almighty dollar. Good radio is a soap opera. Good radio is these evil people want to destroy American values. These, these people, they hate you. They hate everything about you. They hate your values. So Rush is proving that there's a hungry market for conservative media. And Brian says that you can see the way that this collision of ideology and market forces affects our lived reality today. That is pushing people to... Um, want representatives who are going to be fighters for them, who are going to be more and more extreme, who are going to see politics more and more as warfare. This helps to fuel that upsurge in the conservative coalition of people looking for a party that is more Ted Cruz and Donald Trump than it is George W. Bush or George H.W. Bush. Conservative media pushes its audience to elect people who sound more like their favorite radio hosts than actual politicians. Think Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. And by creating this culty conservative celebrity culture, we don't just get an incompetent government. We get one that's dangerous, one that bends towards fascism. This reality wasn't lost on my dad, who's actually spent the past decade pushing progressive politics. There are very, very few issues that I would agree with Rush on at this point. I also would think that the, the political discourse that 
like was was birthed as a result of Rush was far more polarizing that you know he I think you got to lay at his feet Rush died of lung cancer earlier this year he spent his whole career downplaying the risks of smoking another story here this is uh, uh from the AP you think the occasional cigarette won't hurt even a bit of social smoking, even inhaling somebody else's secondhand smoke could be enough to block your arteries and trigger a heart attack, says the newest Sturgeon General's report on the killer the nation just can't kick. His legacy feels just as cancerous to me. Rush was a single cell that started the spread. When conservative YouTuber Steven Crowder mocks transgender women by cross-dressing at a Planet Fitness, I'm reminded of Russia's frequent violent attacks. Like when he read the names of AIDS victims on air with celebration, or when he called a grad student a prostitute for trying to make it easier to get contraceptives on campus. Rush married conservative ideology with practice, creating a sprawling radio empire that proved the right-wing media had a hungry audience and that they could be thrown even farther to the right. And we'll be back here and see you tomorrow revved and ready. Thanks always for being with us. See you tomorrow.